We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so we're going to be going through the tafsir of Surat Anas according to Ibn Kathir. And far away, whatever way you want. Whether you want to start with questions or you want to do the, the lesson itself. Let's, let's start with the lesson. Um, and then... Uh, because my questions were on later on. So let's start with the lesson first. Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, actually, no, no, no. Let's do, let's do, um, yeah, yeah. Let's just do it. Um, can we do a mixture? Can we do a mixture of both questions as, as we're going? Okay. So, um, I see. Well, I'm just pulling up the NAS because I had a uh, class pulled up. So, okay, so something really interesting about this, the combo of the Anas and the Al-Falak that I found was uh, Surah uh, Al-Falak, you know, the Prophet Muhammad was reported to say, you know, to recite it at the beginning of each morning. And also it protects people uh, from, in the Tafsir talked about like jinn and the evil eye, which is really interesting. Um, usually I, 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 I have heard of Al-Falak being protective of the evil eye but never like the jinn and also waking up uh in the morning so is 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 reciting it early in the morning kind of like a protector for the rest of the day and that's yes. that's why the prophet suggests this yes exactly okay and then um there wasn't much uh, i mean uh, maybe i missed it on in that specifically it really focused on al uh, uh, uh for this tafsir um but yeah uh he, he made sure to recite uh, in Nas uh, at the end of the night, right before he went to sleep, though. That was uh, a key point. So wh why in Nas when you go to sleep? I get Al-Falak when you go, wake up, but why, why in Nas when you go to sleep? Well, I mean, he's, he's reciting both. Oh, right. right. But, he's reciting uh, both in the morning and both in the evening. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Al-Falak makes sense because it makes reference to the morning. Yes. Okay. Right? Um, but beyond that, why? It's because he did, and there's some insight he has that we do not have. Okay, so it's just like more like following the sunnah, like, you know, what he yeah. did, waking up and going to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, with Inez specifically, like, I understand with Al-Falaq, it protects you from the jinn and the evil eye and stuff like that. Is the Inez surah protecting us from any specific evils or the same ones? So, so the contrast between the two in a nutshell is Anas is seeking protection from shaitan. Shaitan. Okay, okay. So you're seeking protection from waswasa. Oh, okay. Sort of falak, you're seeking evil, you're seeking protection from the evil that people do. Huh. So like the blowers on knots and the envier, and these are all people that are doing these things. So um, I remember Surat Ikhlas, is it? Or what, one of them, which, or... Um, I forgot what surah. Uh, it's it's like quoted to be like one third of the Quran. Like yeah, surah like last. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Okay, so um, what's really interesting is here in the tafsir, uh, you know, the, it's report uh, the prophet or Imam Malik. I made sure to write this. Said um, that these two surahs, you know, in tangent, are the best protection possible. Uh, when you said in in tangent. Um, I mean, morning and day doesn't matter. Is that, is that true? Like, uh, or I mean, uh, they're definitely stronger than jinns and black magic, right? 
And, and so think of the Quran itself as, as the best protection. Okay. And so Surah Al-Baqarah has its own virtues and Surah Al-Nas and Surah Al-Falaq definitely have tremendous virtues. So. Okay. And I had a question. Um, I don't know what page these are on because it doesn't have page numbers. But okay. Um, it, um, I just had a question. Maybe I'm not understanding the word in English. Um, Aisha, she said uh, that she would recite the Mu'ayatain. Uh, yeah. What is that? So, you know, like what's the beginning of each surah? So you're seeking refuge. Mu'awwithatain is the two seekings of refuge. The two seekings of refuge? What no, is that? The, the Ain is referring to two, the two surahs. Yeah, Ain. Okay. So Mu'awwitha. It's the act of seeking refuge. Oh, the act of seeking refuge with the two protections. Okay. Yeah. So, huh. Okay. So, um, what was interesting with the tafsir is Aisha, whenever the Prophet was sick or he said an ailment, she would, she would wipe his head over and, and say these two surahs. Yeah. So these two surahs can also be used for people who are sick. Or I think the interesting word here was ailment. It doesn't yes. necessarily even have to be a physical sickness, maybe like mental or something. Someone, someone is having issues. You can, you know, touch them and uh, recite the surah, the two surahs. Inshallah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So Many asked... passages of the Quran have that type of uh, uh, efficacy. So even al-Fatiha, one of the names of al-Fatiha is al-Shifa. So, yeah. like oh. here, and okay. so here, uh, this was exactly the practice of, of Aisha radiallahu anha, that huh. just like you said, <clears throat> when the prophet was was suffering from something, she would she would recite these two surahs, blow uh, like on her hands, and then wipe wherever he's in pain. Yeah. Okay, and my next question, I don't know if we're on the same page as the Aisha. Um, um, if you scroll down, I was going to ask, what is and because uh, it said that these surahs also protect from both of those and khasik is at night and yeah. then is refers to the sun I, I had no idea what these were yeah so women shari ghasik that's oh, the first word oh my god oh so so ghasik is essentially referring to the night and waqab is is when it gets dark because the sun has set so. okay and then they talk about later on with Rasik, um is this does this tie in with i know the sunni and the shia i wrote this down like how the sunni muslims because classic it talks about when the night when it becomes dark okay yeah. just darkness I, I maybe i'm off here but i just wanted to ask this um, you know, the Sunni Muslims for Ramadan, they break fast at sunset and the Shias break fast with complete darkness when the sun is completely gone. Yeah, these are two different things. Yeah. Two different yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so going over the, the two, it was really interesting. Aisha was reported to have done this. And if you find on the final page, Jibril backs it up. So to say, by saying, you know, if you have any illness or whatever, uh, we talk about the evil eye there, the MBS, um, um, Allah, inshallah, will cure you if you recite the prayer. Ruk, ruk, is, is that? Rukia. Rukia. What is, what is, what is that prayer? 
I mean, so so rukia, generally speaking, in this context, is the type of prayer you do like for protection from the evils that are found in the unseen. So is it a two rakat? Like no, no, can... different word, really different word. Yeah. So rukiah, what, what, what type of prayer is this? So rukia, it's essentially uh, think of it as sort of like an exorcism prayer. Okay. An exorcism prayer. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind to make it seem that dramatic. It's basically oh, okay. that, like you know. <clears throat> it's uh i mean generally the idea is that it's a cure yeah, but usually when we're using this term it's in the context of uh cure protection from the un from the evil eye from black magic from jinn possession stuff like that so is this like a sort of dua you make or is this like yes. a salah oh it's a dua yeah okay or, or a recitation yes okay so jibrio is having this conversation with the prophet to say if any of these evil eye or people are you know are trying to see karma on you make this prayer for yes. your protection yes huh okay yeah and i i, I don't remember this story from the hadith aisha uh, later on uh believes that the prophet has been bewitched because a or that he had relations with his wives i don't i don't remember this story in the hadiths um, so is what, what, what was he feeling guilty about? And then it, it said, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this is the worst type of magic that can occur. He was getting tricked or something. Like, okay, what's okay, this okay. okay, we got we to read all these these narratives much more, much more slowly. So oh, so okay. basically what's taking place yeah. <clears throat> is that the prophet peace be upon him. He's really sick and in some strange way. And he's having memories of things that didn't happen. And 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 so he gets informed that uh, that someone put a curse on him. Oh, and and so someone took one of his hairs, and then and then put a curse on one of his hairs that then applied to him. And so they had to find that hair, and it was sitting at the bottom of a well. And so he sent some people to go down to the bottom of a well of the well, and they found the hair or the comb that the hair was in, and 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 so that's essentially the general context of the story behind these suras getting revealed uh, as protection from hmm. those types of uh, those types of misconduct that people do. So was this like who who was the person who did the curse on the hair? Was who was that? Somebody else. You know, uh, so the prophets informed that it was a particular person from this one particular tribe, Banu Zuraiq. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was one of the the uh, the opposition to to the prophet himself, peace be upon him. So, and it said it was an ally of the Jews. Um, and and by all means, I don't want to over like I'm just connecting the two. I think it was in Surah Al-Baqarah. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, it was one of the first three where like Allah talks about there is, or, or I, at least in this translation, I, I was kind of confused that there are no greater enemies than the Jews uh, or something phrasing like that. Uh, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a whole separate conversation. So, okay. so basically at the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, you know, who, from whom was he receiving uh, opposition? He was receiving opposition from the idol worshipers of yeah. Mecca. Yeah, he's receiving opposition from the hypocrites claiming to be within his community, and then he's also receiving opposition from from a, a number of Jewish leaders of these other Jewish tribes. 
Okay. Uh, and so, so, so one of these people who put the curse on, on the prophet peace one was one of those hypocrites who was allied with, with one of those Jewish tribes, right? Hmm. Uh, as far as when we're reading passages in the Quran, uh, I'm cautious against applying, you know, references to the Yehud at the time of the prophet peace be upon him to then apply that to today. For a couple of reasons. One is that Judaism is very, very different today than it was back then. Mm. You know, so and it's just like Christianity is very different today than it was back then. Right. So when we speak of Yahud and Nasara in, in the Quran, like the Quran says very clearly, you know, there those are the closest to you, the people who say we are Christians or we're Nasara. And then right around that exact same time, it says that, you know, there's the people who are most hostile to you are the Yahud, right? And so a lot of people interpret that to apply to today. Uh, I'm very cautious against doing that for both of those uh, both of those terms, meaning I'm saying it's we have to be cautious against translating Nisara as a modern Christian Yehud as modern Jewish. Ahl uh, Kitab in the Quran works as a as a reference to modern Jews and Christians because uh, that's where we also get into like legal rulings and stuff. And so, so the point I'm making essentially is that. Um, you know, the, the Jews of Medina are the Jews of Medina. I'm cautious about looking at them as the model of all Jews for, for throughout the whole world. And that's what I was confused about. Like, um, I hadn't heard that until, well, that's not, besides the first time I read the Quran, I was kind of confused how, so is, well, Allah, alam, well, Allah is specifically, but like, has most scholars' interpretation been that, that passage was aimed at the Jews of Medina or the Jews at that time period. I mean, there that there's consensus on that. The the, the issue is, okay, uh, does it apply to Jews beyond that? That's what yeah, that's what I'm trying to say too. And, and I'll give you a simple example. So like the ayahs that's you know to speak in praise of Christians. Keep okay. in mind that at the time of the prophet Peace there is the group of Christians that recognized him as the prophet. Okay, and those mm. were usually these these monks that were that were in the desert. And then, but then there are also the Christians of, of Abyssinia. This is a Najashi, who was a very just and, and, and respectful king. But then you had the Romans, who were also Christians, with whom the Muslims were uh, at war in the, in the last part of the Prophet's life, peace be upon him, and into the uh, Khilafah of, the, of his successors. So the point I'm making is that you had Christians who were super upright and re recognized the Prophet, peace be upon him. You have the, the Christians who took Muslims in, but then you also had the Christians who were at war with Muslims. And so, so likewise, I'm saying there's multiple uh, communities of Christians and multiple communities of Jews. And so we have to be very cautious about just taking what we see as a depiction in the Quran. Here's what Christians are like. Here's what Jews are like. Um, and then apply that to the whole world. It's, uh, it'll, it'll create more confusion than actually provide a, a reference to reality. Now, the other point I make is that if you take all the references to, to Christians and Jews in the Quran, you actually get a whole spectrum. You know, mm -hmm. there are those among the people of the book that if you gave them a loan, they'd give you every cent of it back. But then there are those other ones who, who if you gave them one coin, they would do their hardest to even not give that back to you, right? And so if you take all the depictions of Jews and Christians in the Quran, you basically see a whole spectrum of good people, bad people, upright people, hypocrites, the whole nine yards. Mm. And, uh, but all that is, is peripheral to this story. You know, okay, I didn't know if that tied in because yeah. like one of the allies of the Jews was 
putting this curse on the Prophet Muhammad. And I, I didn't know if that there, this, as you said, when the Surah Al-Nas and Falak were being revealed, this was what was happening at the time. I didn't know if that was in tangent with this. Um, okay. Um, do we do we want to move on to Surah Al-Ikhlas? Uh, did, you, did you also cover that too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, let's do Am it. Not, was I not supposed to? Or one at a time? Oh, shoot. Oh, um, is it okay if we do it? Yeah. Okay. So I already had from the outset uh, a question. Isn't that funny? Because it's what the man is reported to have been saying. It, he's saying he is Allah, the one. Um, is he saying in the beginning of each uh, each uh, uh, um is he saying Ashadu in Muhammad Rasulullah and they consolidated that and the tafsir? What is he saying? Meaning, meaning the the surah itself is saying ahad, right? So say Allah. Yeah, Allah is the one and only. Um, is one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not answering your question then. So. But instead, he's like repeating it over and over and over again at the beginning of each rakat. Okay, and I was kind of confused. Like, and yeah, like w- w- what exactly is he doing at the beginning of each rakat? Uh, fine, and see if you can find which page that is, because um, uh, I think I know what story you're talking about, but I want to make sure. Uh, okay. Um, how can I check the page numbers? There's no page numbers here. Meaning, brother, um, what, is it, what does it say at the top of the page? Uh, a hadith that mentions a surah is equivalent to the third of the Quran. Oh, there was my oh. question from earlier. Um, and Al-Bukhari re- recorded from Abu Sa- Sa'ad that yeah. a man heard another man reciting say he is Allah one, and he's repeating it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is just a, a guy who's sitting there reciting the whole surah over and over again. Wait, wait, wait. then maybe it was in the back. Hold on. Because I swear to God, uh, no pun intended. Um, he would start there, okay, um, on the page right behind that. Whenever he began a surah in the recitation of the prayer that he was leading, he would start by reciting, uh, he, oh, Allah had un, until he completed the entire surah, and then he would recite another surah along with it. <laughs> so this is the part I was confused about, because usually in our salah, you just have to recite one surah after the fatiha, and usually a shorter one. Um, yeah. So he's reciting, Allah had, in Correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding was after every rakah, you does fatiha, then kulullah had, and then another surah, and he just keeps yes. doing it. Okay, so yeah. this is the part I was confused. I mean, which is, and the Prophet later compliments him, oh, so and so, like, how much, tell him how much Allah loves him. Um, is he just doing that to remind himself of Allah? Like, uh, like, yeah, it could be, or it could be that he just loves the surah, you know. Is that permissible? That's what I was confused about. I didn't know. Is, is that permissible for? Because usually it's one surah after a surah for Fatiha. Yeah. Well, it's uh, meaning the it's you al Fatiha is mandatory, and then you write, then you recite further ayat of the Quran. Um, yeah. But think about think about in Ramadan, you know, when you're on the last night of Tarawih, and yeah. and you're reciting like ten surahs in each rakat, right? Okay. I, I always thought like Torah was like the exception, but okay, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so so would this be a stretch to say this is a sunnah right here, like possibly or no? I'm cautious against calling it a sunnah, but okay. uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was definitely speaking of it as meritorious, you know. Right, because he told him. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because what is, what is, uh, what is the, the man saying? He's saying, I do it because I love the surah. 
Right. So the prophet come like praise it. He tells the companions, go tell him, you know, yeah. how much Allah loves him uh, for doing this. Um, and he's in, in the story, he's blown away. Like, Oh, you know, thank you very much. Heck, heck. Um, uh, so why are you cautious to call it a sunnah? Just because the prophet, because himself, the, prophet did, the prophet didn't tell us to do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so, one thing if the prophet himself did it and he told us to do it. Then. So can we talk a little bit about why is this surah considered the one third of the Quran? Why is that infamously? I mean, I, I've listened to multiple. Well, not, 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 not infamously, but famously. Yes. <laughs> yes. Infamously means bad. Thank you. Yeah. Famously, uh, by all means, I've listened to a bunch of khutbahs about it. Um, it, 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 it's in, correct me if I'm wrong, it's focusing on the singleness, the oneness of Allah. That's why um, in, his, in his power, his authority, his, his uh, light over the whole world. Um, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll shut up. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, <clears throat> without even moving that far, uh, you know, in terms of that big language, uh, just look at what the surah itself says. You know, it says, Allah is one, Allahu ahad. Allah Samad, so he's he's independent of all creation. All creation depends upon him. Lam Yalid, he begets not what Lam Yulad, nor is he begotten. So it gets away from from the that we the traditions we find in other traditions about God having children or parents or anything like that. And Lam Ahad, and so so there's nothing none comparable to him. And so think of this surah as in three or four lines, literally summarizing everything that we're taught about Allah Ta'ala. Right? He's one, he's independent, all is dependent upon him. Mm. He's not related, you know, to, to anything. Right. Nor is anything related to him. And then he is unlike anything else. And so a way we can interpret for why this is uh, considered to be one third is because of how comprehensive it is in, in teaching us about Allah. Hmm. And, uh, one way that people often split up the Quran into thirds is as though one third is about Allah and the other thir two thirds are about the day of judgment and prophethood. So basically Tawheed being the oneness of Allah Akhira, you know, being the day of judgment. Risala, usually it's often tafid, Risala, Akhira. Risala being prophethood. And so, so those are considered to be like the three. So like the number one big topic of, of Islam is Tawheed, the oneness of Allah. Mm -hmm. And then if you go to, to level two, it's kind of like prophethood in the day of judgment. Yeah. And so those three right there are basically, you know, three thirds of the Quran, so to speak. Three thirds of Islam. Okay, and I'm noticing the definitely the day of judgment part uh, as I'm continuing the Quran for the second time. Um, uh, that it's you know, and I know you gave me that exercise about being uh, thankful, like the list of five things and everything like that. And I'm noticing just nonstop. I mean, it has to be almost every paragraph at this point where it's it is coming up some way somehow. And uh, the hypocrites, we talked about that earlier. How uh, you know. It's, it's even, and correct me if I'm wrong by all means, um, uh, that being a hypocrite 
is even worse than being a disbeliever, just in general, just a, someone who says, I don't believe. Being a hypocrite is even worse than that in the eyes of Allah. Is yeah, that, is I, mean, that- I mean, so so the answer essentially is yes. Okay. Um, uh, it's sort of like saying, okay, which which disease is worse, you know, or which type of genocide is worse, you know, oh, so okay. which type of rejection of faith is worse. But yes, being a hypocrite is worse than being a coffer, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, it was my understanding when I was reading that, like, um, there's going to be, like, this uh, barrier, and the hypocrites are going to be saying, like, um, oh, we, we believed, we were one of you um, on the Day of Judgment, like, we, we spoke, and it, uh, Allah talks about multiple times that he knows what was in their hearts, that when the Prophet went and, you know, led the prayers and stuff like that, they would be behind the scenes conspiring against him. And they would be laughing at him like, oh, can you, did you see he actually believed us and jokes like that. Um, like Allah was giving like specific examples. So that's what really caught my attention there. Um, well, I, here I feel bad. We're kind of, I'm going off tangent here from sort of the close. Um, um, so I had another question. It was a couple pages afterwards um, in, in the sentence that begins on this page is another hadith that its resuscitation necessitates admissions into paradise. Uh-huh. Okay, so Malik, uh, uh, the Imam Malik, um, he's talking about um, uh, that the Prophet said something is obligatory. Okay, and he's he's even well, what is obligatory? Um, I, I'm confused about this response here. Uh, the hadith, uh, like you will love it because you will enter paradise. What, what is the obligatory part? Maybe it's just okay, a, okay. Uh, so. So it's a style of speaking, right? Okay. And so, so, so first, let's read through the whole narration. So, Imam Malik bin Anas uh, recorded from Ubaid, you know, that he heard from Abu Huraira. That part we don't need to know. So it's, it's not for our purposes. We don't. It's not as important. Saying, uh, Abu Huraira is basically quoted as saying, "I went out with the Prophet peace be upon him, and he heard a man reciting the surah." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Oh God. And then the Prophet peace be upon him says, "Wajabat." It's obligatory. So Abu Huraira says, well, I ask, what is obligatory? And the Prophet peace upon him says, Jannah. Al-Jannah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and then, and so then there's a little commentary on how authentic is this or is this not authentic? And then after that, uh, there's the other hadith which says, Hubbuka. Okay, so your love, uh, you know, your love, Iyaha, your love for it, Ad. Uh, it's going to make you enter Jannah. So it's sort of like a repetition of, of what was said that we, what we've already talked about is that here there's a guy who just loves reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas. Yeah. And the Prophet is saying your love for this is going to make Jannah obligatory for you. Wow. Okay. That, that's the part that final sentence didn't click with me. So yeah. he's saying Salah Prophet Sallallahu is saying by you by you saying Surah Al-Ikhlas at the beginning of every one of your rakahs. Okay, no, 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 that's different. That's a different person. This is just a person who just loves reciting it all the time. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So this guy, he's just saying it randomly throughout the day, so to yeah, it could be. It could be while he's praying. It could be while he's sitting around, and he's just always reciting it. And that's the part. Okay, that's why I was confused. What is obligatory? Like, what? what I, and when I understood, he said Jannah. I was like, well, What do you mean Jannah is obligatory? I think you're right. It was a style of speaking with the tafsir. Yeah. I was confused. So wow, that's amazing. So you, um, you general, saying Surah Al-Khlas, like 
a lot will, uh, by all means, I don't want to say guarantee, but like skyrocket your chances of going into the Jannah. Yeah, well, so, the, the, the key thing that's being emphasized here is not his repeated reputa uh, repetition. Oh, where is the it? repeat? It's his love for it. His love for the Surah Ikhlas. Yeah. So what the so prophet think, is think saying? Of a, think of a song that you just like singing over and over and over and over. Well, and over no, again. no. I, I I have a similar sentiment. I always tell people Surah Al-Duha is my favorite. Yeah. So like, is it is it? It's not about. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it not the prophet? Like interpretation wise, he's not saying, "Oh, because you love this surat, it's Jannah is obligatory." It's because you love a surat so much. There, we don't know. Okay. Right. It could be love for any surah. Uh, it could only like be I love the for wrong one. <laughs> it could be. It could be love for for for, for this surah. Yeah. Uh, it could be love for the Quran itself, but. What is clear is that it definitely includes love for ikhlas. It may extend beyond that, but it definitely at least includes love for surah ikhlas. Yeah, well, it makes sense because like we talked about it being the one third and how it describes a law like, um, because what he's basically loving is the oneness and being dependent on him well, and recognizing We don't know. Him. It doesn't say, we don't, it doesn't yeah, say don't why know. he loves it. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. So if we go later on to the story, I, this is someone different. Um, now, uh, this is uh, Abdullah. Um, when they're waiting for the Salah, um, the Prophet Sallallahu says, you know, say this surah in tangent. We just talked about this with Surah Al-Falaq and Al-Nas at the same time. And he's talking about doing it multiple, uh, before my understanding was just like, say it once when you wake up. But this is, I wrote this down in my notes, it of course, where the tafsir says actually three times uh, morning uh, I think, uh, and night. Yeah, it's also three so times as well as two times. All three as well of them, time. three times. Yeah. Meaning, okay, so there, if we go through all the narrations, you're going to find different uh, prescriptions. Oh, we're having internet connection. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you see me? Uh, you just cut out completely. Okay. So, am I back now? Uh, it's this one. Maybe it's me. Hold on. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you clearly. Okay, good. Okay, let's continue. Yeah, so go back to what you were saying. So, so, so basically, so if we put all the narrations together about this, there's multiple different narrations. So mm. one is reciting them twice every day, reciting the last two surahs. Another is reciting all three of them. Another is reciting three times a day or three, three times twice a day. So essentially the point to take from it is start with something. Yeah. Start with something. And then over the course of your life, keep it consistent and then build on it. Hmm. So meaning don't get caught up in the number. Like you got to have the precise number. You okay. Know, focus on the consistency of the practice. Okay. And if we go a couple more pages down, uh, just like I think uh, I, I wrote my notes, uh, two, two more pages, I think. Um, it's the, the title is Hadith Seeking a Cure by these Surats. So here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this another narration of what we just talked about? Because Aisha here is again, you know, rubbing on the Prophet Sallallahu mm -hmm. uh, reciting on Falak and Nas, but now it's also including uh, sort of the khlas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so this these two narrations and the one we saw earlier with the, the tafsir with Surat al-Falak and, and Nas, they're all talking about the same story about this ailment that he had, and she's She's some some narrations say she just recited the two, and then now we have these saying 
she recited Echlas with them. Yeah. So, so, so relate to the point we just had about, you know, reciting all three surahs or two surahs and such. Okay. What you're going to find yourself wanting to do is you want a precise answer. Okay. You're not going to get a precise answer, right? You know, what do I do? How many times? You're rarely going to get that. Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, you're going to have one narration that says she recited the last two surahs on him when he was sick. This narration that she recited the last three surahs on him when she was sick. They're both authentic. It could be that two different people are quoting her, or it could be that she's speaking two different times in, you know, in, in their lives. Um, and so, so the point is, you take all of the options as possibilities. Hmm. You're going to find yourself wanting, well, what's the right answer? No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. So it's, we see, oh, go ahead. You take, you take all the different things that, she's, that she is quoted as saying, or as other people are quoted as saying, and, and it's almost like you're trying to maximize Rahma. So, yeah. so with one narration, she did two surahs, fine. Another narration, she did three surahs, fine. Okay, and uh, before we continue, just a side question about what Aisha, is there any significance behind her actually physically rubbing on the prophet, like while we're citing these? Could be, I mean, so, so think about it, like when we're involving anything in the unseen, mm -hmm. I mean, no, nobody knows anything about the unseen except for what Allah oh. shares, right? Yeah, of course, of course. So, I mean, what does an angel even look like or even sound like, right? right. Only the prophet or the other prophets may know. Yeah, yeah whatever. What? Yeah, and that would be whatever Allah has shared with them, right? right. And so, so the point is that <laughs> there could be some significance with the fact that she's using her palms, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as opposed to just her fingers, as opposed to the back of her hand. But for things that connect to the unseen, you just you just basically take it as it is. I'll give you a different example. So, like in in salah, why do we do why do we do sajda? Uh, submission, like, uh, it's no. for, no. Why do we do such that? Um, yeah, I always thought about submission, to, like, uh, no. showing over. No. no. Why do we do such that? Uh, no, I don't know now. Okay. Because you got the prophet did. That's the actual reason. Oh, right, because in the Quran, oh, no, 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 right, right, I remember this. In the Quran doesn't say, like, with what do to, like, exactly how to do the prayer. It gives you a couple guidelines. Okay, but, okay, let's, let's, let's look at wudu. Why do we do wudu? Yeah, because the prophet. Uh, yeah, we could say, well, you could say you're washing yourself up before prayer. No, yeah. because, because being spiritually clean is not the same as being physically clean, right? Like, you take a shower you know, and put soap and everything. That's not the same as wudu. Well, time out, time out, time out, time out. Because Allah does talk about, okay, hey, if you don't have, before prayer, if you don't have any water, use sand, right? Use yeah. sand. So okay, how so, is, so think about it. How is sand making you clean? Yeah, that's what I was kind of confused about. Uh, my, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I think it's a form, a form of, I am showing the act no, of trying. No, no. <laughs> We're right, doing well, it because the prophet did it, right? Wow. And, and so what you keep resorting to is what is the symbol? And I'm saying forget the symbol. The symbol is not why we're doing it. We're doing it because this is how it's prescribed to do it. Hmm. Why do we pray five times a day? Uh, yeah, because um, the prophet, that's, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Why, not, why, not, why not pray 10 times if we're so... Well, wasn't there the story? Was it the uh, prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, you know, 
What, uh, why, why do we do two sajdas? Yeah, because the prophet did. That's that's for sure. I know that one. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, he for sure. That was why not? Why not do like you know? So two rukus and two sajdas. And tarawiyah. Why do we? You know, tarawiyah has. Uh, yeah, so so the point is that we can give some symbolic explanation, but that's not the answer. Hmm. The answer is because okay, that's really what cool. the prophet prescribed us huh. to do, right? And so so for things that connect to the unseen, which would be most of the acts of worship. Mm. We do them because this is how we're shown to do it. So why mm. do we fast? You know, okay, so in Ram we fast at Ramadan and we'll say because it's the month of Quran. Fine. Okay. You know, but why do we, why, you know, what about the fast outside of Ramadan? Why Monday and Thursday? Why is that prescribed? Yeah, no, that's uh, it's prophet. Yeah, he used to fast yeah. on those days. Why not? Why not like Tuesday and Friday, you know? All right. No, that's. Yeah. And so mm. the point is that the real reason is this is how the prophet did it, peace be upon him. This is how he prescribed it. Obviously, he's getting the instructions from Allah Ta'ala. But the point is that all the symbolic reasons we give may be accurate, but they're not the real reason. Hmm. And so the actual submission is the act of obedience. Hmm. So, so yeah, so Tayyamam is a perfect example. So wudu, in theory, is cleaning yourself, but how is it dust? You know, putting dust all over your face and your hands, cleaning yourself. Spiritually... It may have some effect, right? Mm. But the point is, it's an act of obedience. Mm. You know, because wouldn't it make more sense that, or if you don't have water, use air or something like well, that's that? That's what I was confused about. But I didn't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to yeah. like. But the point is, he, he said it. He said it. I don't want to say anything. Literally, how I, it I, works. I don't, he knows. He knows ten times, billion times better than me. Well, okay. I mean, aside from he knows, but the point is that this is how he prescribed it. Maybe there's no purpose to it. Hmm. but it's an act of obedience an act of obedience interesting i never thought about it that way there's no purpose behind it but it's an act of obedience yeah. it could be it could be that by by doing with you you're you're like doing all kinds of you know effect in the unseen you know or it could be that there's no effect at all but the fact is the act of obedience hmm and that's what you know. Islam, it's submission. So, like, you know, can you obey? That's so it's the point. basically like saying, like, if Allah said, "Okay, jump every five, every, every five hours." I'm Why? Jumping. Because that, because I said so. Okay, we're that's jumping. That's what we're doing. You know? So Allah okay. saying, you know, five different times a day, do this. You know. So I think that's a good transition to like the next part of the tafsir where it talks mm -hmm. about like now now we have the Jews and the Christians involved. And they're trying, and back to what we were talking about earlier, I'm going to pull that conversation in, is yeah. the oneness that they're trying to say, uh, uh, well, he goes over it that, um, you know, that Jesus is the son of God, and that other religions are saying the jinn are somehow related to God, kinship, they use the word kinship related to God. Um, and it, it, I mean, for the next three pages, it's all, uh, all the names, or not all the names, I shouldn't say all the names but using the oneness and uh all the master and his uh, his ideology is complete um the, the control the controller and all these names being used so is this part of the tafsir just going over um you know what's what's in the quran as well that you know allah he, he's not he doesn't have a son you know there's there's no one but him he's not related to anyone um and jinn 
you know, Prophet Isa or anyone else? Am I correct to kind of summarize the next pages like that? Or so, so to the first, uh, like the first point that's being, that's being made is when we're speaking about monotheism, the monotheism yeah. of Islam is different than the monotheism of Christianity, right? Is Christianity a monotheism, a monotheist tradition? Yes, it wholeheartedly sees itself as a monotheist tradition. So yeah, but they believe in the, the spirit and the three, yeah, the so, three, the tribes. So we're saying, yeah, we're saying the monotheism of Islam is different than the monotheism of Christianity. So mm-hmm. we're saying we don't we don't uh, we don't follow the Trinity. Yeah. The Trinity, that's what it's yeah. called, the Trinity. And, and then, Allah talks about that in the Quran, the, the, uh, and not in the in the Surah. Uh, I think it was Surah uh, Mahda. Mahida, yeah. Mahida, yeah. So 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 the so one point is being made because this Surah is all about monotheism, right? It's all about the oneness okay. of Allah. And, and so Christianity would say, okay, well, we believe in the oneness of Allah. And we're saying, no, our oneness is different than yours. Right. And then, and then, so the is interesting like thing. More oneness? Like, is that what we're trying to literally say? Like, yeah. Because they, totally. they, they, correct me if I'm wrong, like the Christian, the spirit and Jesus, they are God. They are God. So, uh, are you there? You're, you're breaking up again. Are you there? Can you hear me now? You're back. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah. So so basically in Christianity, you have the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we're okay. saying uh, the one you regard as the Father is the one that we are taking as Allah. So, mm-hmm. um, but we don't use the name Father. And the attributes of Allah are wider than the attributes you have of the Father. Yeah. And so, so the point is that we, we, we say, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not part of, are not part of God. But the deeper point is that, the, like you said, our oneness is more, so to speak, oneness than in Christianity. Now, in terms of Judaism, the, the strange thing is, okay, in terms of some of the Jews at the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, uh, you have these Jews that are taking Ezra, Uzair, as a son of God. But yeah, I never... I yeah. Who, who is that? I wrote that down as one of my questions. Who is this uh, son of God, uh, Ezra? Are they trying to say, is that Jesus in Hebrew? No, no, no. It's just, it's a, he's a different prophet. But the point is that uh, I've never met any modern Jews who who, who follow that. You know, Modern is Jews, they're like, monotheist. Is that the Old Testament? Is that the Old Testament that they talk yeah. about? Is there... No, I'm saying I've, I, I don't know of, uh, any modern Jews who believe that. And so, oh, so okay. the point is, I mean, Ezra, Uzair, is a figure in the Old Testament, you know, but um, uh, I've asked, you know, rabbis, like, are you familiar with this at all? And they said, no, like of any Jewish community that takes uh, Uzair as a son of God. Now, never, it doesn't mean it didn't exist. Obviously it exists, it's in the Quran. But the point is that <clears throat> uh, at the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, there were those who, who would take Uzair as a son of God. Uh, which again would contradict what we are speaking of when we're speaking of the oneness of God. But the key point again, the key point is the, is this absolute oneness of, of Allah. So in, in, correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to make sure, and the, the, the final page here, the, 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 um, and they say it's towards uh, the middle. Um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if it's Allah saying, it, it's, it's so much so that he says, indeed you have brought forth a terrible evil thing by even suggesting 
yes. uh, that uh, someone is equivalent or related to me. Yes. Um, I found that really interesting so much to call it the word evil. Yeah. Uh, you I know, mean, so, so think about, about that. Yeah, think about it this way. The, what is the best possible thing that your tongue can say? Oh, I think we're cutting out again. You're cutting out. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Give it a give it a moment. You'll be hello? back in like hello. Can you hear me? You're still frozen on my screen. Uh, give it just a second. I'm sure. Oh, uh, there you are. Okay, are you back? Can you hear me? I can't. You can't hear yeah, me. Yeah, you're frozen. I'm frozen. Uh, no. Okay, now you're good. I'm back. Okay. 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 Maybe okay. it's me. Maybe it's my internet. I don't know. Okay. In any case, so so yeah. the point is that. Um, uh, what is the best possible thing that your tongue can say? Uh, alhamdulillah. Okay, bismillah. even simpler. Even simpler than that. Uh, bismillah. Um, oh, Allah. Say Allah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's okay. very good. Okay, okay. That's literally. Like, so, I was going through my brain, like, what's what? Yeah, so, okay, so the best possible thing your tongue can say is just the name of Allah, right? right. Okay. Which then means... The worst possible thing you can say is to associate anything with Allah. Mm. Okay, that that part easy to understand, like the idolers and putting gods. Um, that's literally what oh, we're saying okay. here. So that's what he's saying. Um, I guess, I guess, I guess maybe I was fixated, maybe perhaps, or thinking uh, tunnel vision about uh, Prophet Isa salam. But uh -huh. by them saying, "Oh, like he's the son of God," and yeah, um, that's how different is that than. The, the no, no. idol were, were saying Allah has a daughter. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. And that makes sense. I, I just, maybe I think uh, I got cut up on the word evil for, I think, because I was reading with the, but no, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, um, yeah, I was caught off guard by using the word evil, I think. Sure. Uh, but it makes sense. Um, it, and it, 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 it's true. I, I, I love um, Al-Rahman. Um, he, he is the only one, right? And we're all slaves onto him. And that's what it talks about um, and servants. Um, and w w towards the end, um, I found it really interesting. I, I, I never heard of khutbah or hadith or sunnah, maybe, but it, it totally makes sense that he would say this towards the end um, that this, um, that this, um, uh, Allah talks about like the son of Adam denies me right, and abuses me, and has no right to do so, that sentence, I wrote that down and circled it, um, oh, is my internet gone? No, I'm listening. Oh, okay, um, I was blown away, uh, I wrote that down, that the son of Adam, okay, denies me, we know that left and right, okay, that some people are not, it's the next two parts that got me, is that um, abuses me, um, it, well, actually, it's just that part because it has no right to do so. I totally agree with. But like, is the part that abuses me? How how does how does I'm, I'm like when I think of abuse, right? You take advantage of someone, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's what, is that what or interpretation wise that that people are trying to use God's name? Like I, I know, like back in the Crusades, they would just you know use God's name to justify killings and mass murder and stuff like that. Is that what he's kind of saying here? Or like, I don't understand the abuse part. I mean, I mean, essentially, it'd be insulting Allah. Insulting Allah. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, so I guess and then all the things you're mentioning, which includes like misusing whatever he's teaching. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so it's just, it's just. Okay, so I, I was hooked on the word abuse, like when he abuses me. 
Because um, I, I can never foresee someone abusing a law. That's yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously that's impossible. Yeah. Right, right. That's exactly. I was confused by it, and this one blew me away. So it, it was more of misusing his name or, you know, taking advantage of his name or his yeah, teacher. Or just insulting him. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and my uh, final question towards the end, it's as for his cursing me, um, I didn't understand. What is it as for his cursing of me? Um, uh, I, I didn't understand that part. Like, is that when people swear to God? Like, I don't understand what that meant. So, so basically, uh, when someone says Allah has taken a son, Allah is saying that is the equivalent of cursing, of trying to curse wow. Allah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That they're cursing Allah by saying that. Yeah. That's how severe it is. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I thought the evil part was that, that the ending is very strong. And now, um, now this is this is what um, the prophet is reported to have said. Just, but this is only one uh, uh, narration. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, like this, it, it, like. Um, um, like in the hadiths, for instance, like uh, like how 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 authentic? How much do we take this um, narration? Like to, to this is commonly cited. So okay, yeah. wow, yeah. So um, I guess to wrap up this tafsir, um, it, I I guess maybe in like Islamic school and well maybe it depends where I I I, I guess I wasn't personally taught. Maybe others where I didn't know it was that extreme by all means idlers I, i'm very familiar with that but like specifically with the son of allah like prophet isa mm -hmm. i mean they're they're pointing out this in particular they're not pointing out oh idlers you know or you know oh, other gods because think because even like the narration explains why number one he's self-sufficient mm -hmm. and so in terms of our understanding of the narrative in christianity why why what is the purpose of jesus the purpose of jesus is that God sends Jesus to sacrifice him because of everyone's sins, right? Starting with original sin. Yeah. We're, we're, talking about, we're talking about in general right now? Or we're talking about Christianity. Christianity. Okay, Christianity. yeah, that's what yeah. I'm, okay, okay. Right? Yes. And so but we're saying, okay, Allah's the master. If he wants to forgive somebody, he can just forgive them. Yeah. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to create a son and then, and then sacrifice a son. All Allah needs to do is just forgive them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, um, he doesn't give birth. He, he was never born. There's nothing like me to make Allah like a father. And then you have a son is now you're making Allah like a human. So now you're really debasing who Allah is. Wow. Okay. I didn't think about him going down in step. Like, yeah. I, I always perceived it as they trying to lift Prophet Isa so that up. But the, yeah. effectively what you're doing. It, wow. So you can you can lift Isa up all the way to the sky, and he's not going to reach Allah Taala because he's a creation. Yeah, right. You know, but by doing by making him the sun, hmm. you're debasing Allah more than you're elevating Isa because you're also yeah. insulting Isa because Isa would reject that. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, they talk about that, and or they talk about that in the Quran. It talks about that. The Prophet Isa even denied it, and it talks about um, that he says, uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, that I am only here as a messenger to warn you all. That's like the phrase, only to warn you all of my Lord. That's the, that's the sentence I remember. 
um, the quote. Uh, no, this is this is really interesting. Um, I guess uh, it, it, it all makes sense by all means. Um, especially, I love that analogy about you know bring. I don't love it, but you know what I mean? It makes the understanding that bringing Allah down to the human realm, so to say, um, and equating him. Um, now I can see why it's 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 cursing him. Oh my God. I, I would never imagine someone cursing him. And for, for even, so how do we reconcile this with like Christians um, when they ask us, you know, oh, so you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God? Usually I say, of course not. But like, do you do do you explain it to them? At, you know, to this to this I mean, level. I mean, if 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 that's where if that's where the conversation is going, I mean that okay. literally depends upon the nature of the conversation, right? Okay. Like if someone wants the brutal truth of our understanding, you the know, brutal truth, it would be something along these lines. You know, these lines. Yeah. Okay, so if they want the brutal truth of the understanding, yeah. then we. Okay, because I have these conversations all the time. Um, yeah, wow. I, this is definitely new to me. Um, I was confused as who is cursing him at this final paragraph. So now that shed light. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean that's all. That's it. That's it for surah the floss as well. I mean these were okay. these were small surahs, but a lot to unpack on both of them, um, which is great. Okay. So what I'd like you to do for 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 next time is do surah one, surah al fatiha. Okay. So we're going back to the beginning. Yeah. Okay. And then so we're not working backwards anymore. Well, we will be, but first I want oh. you to do Surah Al-Fatiha. Okay? okay. And then once you've done Surah Al-Fatiha, I want you to go back to the end and do and, and keep working backwards. So for next time, we're going to do Surah Al-Fatiha and the next Surah after Surah Al-Khas. Yeah, so Surah Al-Lahab Al-Masad, Surah 111. Okay. Um, and I will do both of those. Is there a reason? I'm just curious why those. So, so basically, uh, first, I want you to start out with small surahs that had small commentaries. Okay. Because the commentary in Al Fatiha is kind of kind of lengthy. Oh. Okay. And so that might take up the whole. That might take up the whole period. That might take up a couple of periods. I remember when we did the Ramadan class. Uh, we did the Surah Al Fatiha Tafsir. We went over that in great detail, and it was really long. So yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's a perfect example. And then, mm. and then we'll go back to the end and just work our way backwards. Yeah. Okay. So for next time, prepare those two. And so, uh, so essentially, what I'm saying is, prepare at least the first surah. At least sort of If you still have time and ambition, then go back to 111, 110, 119. You know, as far as you want to go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, is it okay if we end the recording and just talk a little bit? Yep. Just. Five seconds. Yeah, I gotta go in a second. Okay. Yeah, no. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu